Hello and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, apologies for not having a episode up yesterday. I it was going to, but for some reason, Audacity decided to um, delete the file for some reason. I don't know why the file did not save. Um, I thought I saved it, but I guess Audacity was being weird. But so we'll just have an episode today. So. Um, yet again, the Penguins uh, coming off a 4-1 to win over the Calgary Flames. Uh, it was not looking pretty for a while. Um, that first period, I think, was probably the, the Penguins' worst period of the season, or what one of them, um, I should say. Um, there's just a lot of, I think, uh, the best way to describe that first period, there was a lot of puck watching, I think. Um, apologies, i got to mute the um, this Discord thing. I'm in a couple group chats. But, um, yeah, there's just a lot of puck watching. I think the Penguins gave up 17 shots. Um, in that first period alone, that's unacceptable. That's not been the norm for the Penguins, but they were able to clean it up in the last two periods. I think they only allowed 17 shots combined in the last 40 minutes of play. But um, they gave up the early goal to Johnny Goudreau. Uh, it wasn't really early. It was just like deep into the first period. It was a nice cross-piece pass. Um, right, I think it was Reader that had the assist on that. I think it, he had the cross-crease pass to Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau, awesome player. But I think that was the best scoring chance of the night of the game for him. But um, the Penguins were very lucky that they weren't down more than one nothing after the th- the first period. Um, it, should, it very well could have been two or three nothing. Uh, Tristan Jari was making save after save after save. You know that's nothing out of the ordinary for him this season. He's just been. He just keeps to be spectacular. Um, there's really not much else I can say about that. He had a 971 save percentage after that game. In, in either, even though the Penguins gave up 34 shots, he had you know 33 saves. You know, can't ask for more than that. And you know, I don't think he's going to get back-to-back starts this weekend. I think that would be a little much, in my opinion. But um, he, he's definitely going to get one of the two starts. I mean, that's uh, that, I know, yeah, Captain Obvious Hunter. But uh, I think if I had to guess, he may go against Edmonton, and then maybe Matt Murray goes against Vancouver. Edmonton, I think I would want um, Jari going against up against Edmonton, considering you know they have Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, two of the best players in the world. And then maybe you can go put Murray out against Vancouver, who um, started up a season pretty good. They had some good underlying numbers, but as of late, they've kind of fell flat a little bit. And um, they're in the playoff race, I should say, but, you know, they're not, like, lighting the world on fire um, as they were. But, um, you know, I, I really think that game against the Flames, it, it just it, – it turned, I think, when that Cahoon line came out. And it was a big 52-second shift, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they got a few shots off, but it was a lot of extended zone time. Like they were just passing the puck around, getting some shots. I know some shots were bought. They got a couple pucks at Cam Talbot, and I think Mike Sullivan echoed it after the game. They like I think the Penguins just fed off that, and that was really really big. It got them going. Uh, the Penguins were able to tie the game. Um, I think it was close to halfway through the first period, a second period. With uh, it was right after their power play expires, just about like a second after, and uh, John Reno was able to get the goal. Um, for Pittsburgh, um, just he played. I think he played 27 minutes that game, folks. I think that was a career uh, season high for him. Um, you give him any um, assignment, he's just gonna do it. You know, it's almost as if you should you should just make a team full of like John Reno clones or something because he's just been so good this season. Um, I. I just I, I've, that's another thing I've just run out of words to talk about because it's just the status quo ho hum for John Marino. Um, you can't really do 
Um, better than that with him. And, you know, he had that beautiful goal uh, far side on Cantalbe. It looked like he had no chance to stop it. Put it in the right place. There was a screen in front, and he let it rip. And I was able to tie the game. Uh, Brian Russ gets his 13th goal of the season. Um, he just continues to be on this 30-goal pace. Um, actually, um, if you guys did not see, um, Dom of The Athletic wrote a great, 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 great um, piece the yesterday on um, Brian Russ. If you guys uh, please go check it out. I'm not going to spoil all of it, but um, in one of the tweets, he's on a 53 goal, 98 point pace. Um, he's second in the league in average game score. He averages 21 minutes per night over his last 11 games, and he's helping the Penguins earn a 60% expected goal share with him on the ice on his own. That's absolutely unbelievable. Um, if you guys want to read more, please go check out Dom's piece on the Athletic. I will not. Uh, try to pronounce his last name because I will fail at it probably every time. But it's just less a raw, really good numbers on uh, numbers analytics on it. Just and just how good he's been this season. Um, I don't know where the Penguins would be without Brian Rust. Um, and the way he just the way he just plays, even though when he's not scoring, you can just see how much of a presence he brings to the lineup. See how much he does, even like I said, with he's not scoring and he's able to get a nice goal. I mean, it was kind of maybe a weak goal for Cam Talbot to allow, but you know what? You'll take it and you know, that's what happens. You know, it it dribbled in, but you know what? You'll take those goals. He's not going to continue. I don't think this shooting percentage, which is absurdly high right now, but you know, 13 goals start the season. We're not even um, into the new year yet. He's just come into his own and, you know, I'm going to be curious to see how these numbers shake out through the rest of the season. I definitely think there's a chance, folks, we could be talking about a potential 25-goal scorer this year um, in Brian Rust. Um, Otherwise, um, I thought the Penguins, their defensive game was just outstanding those last two periods. You know, I tweeted this during the game. Um, When the Penguins have their defensive system in place, and, and it's been that way for most of the season, and when they're playing good defensive hockey, it is a joy to watch, folks. And it's really an absolute joy. Mike Sullivan's 1-2-2 neutral zone trap is really just something to behold, I think, at this point. Um, it's just And the way the Penguins have just become, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the league, you know, limiting high danger chances, even though I think in the first period, I think six of the Flames' chances were high danger. That was just goes to show how good Tristan Jari was. Jari also had to make a, a 2-on-0 save in the game. Uh, it was off the Jack Johnson error. You know, and, you know, that's nothing out of the ordinary, even though he's been a bit better defensively. But, you know... Um, Johnson had a really bad error, and then Jari, it was almost as if like the Flames, the two Flame shooters were like afraid to shoot it because they know how good Jari has been, and they were like, wait, wait they were just going to pass back and forth, are you, you going to shoot it, are you going to shoot it, or am I going to pass it, and then like I think the Flames were just kind of shell-shocked because it, Jari like read the play so well, and he got over like in an instant, and Milan Lucic like barely put anything on it, but I mean it's also Milan Lucic, he's not really good anymore. But um, it, it, it was just kind of funny watching that replay a few times and just be like, are you going to shoot it? No, you're going to shoot it. No, you're going to shoot it. And they just kept passing back and forth. And then Jari, he just read the play the whole way. And, you know, when a goalie's reading a play like that, especially on a 2-1-0, you just know how locked in they are. But um, anyways, back to the Penguins' offensive uh, system. You know, they're just they're limiting chances to the outside a lot. They're limiting a, a lot of high-danger chances, like I said, except in that first period. And it's a sight, it's a sight to behold, like when they play this defensive hockey. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of, this team is a lot of fun to watch, you know, when they're scoring, when they're playing this kind of defense, Um, it's, it's not really boring defense either. You know, they're not, you know, they're not trapping like the devils are. They're not being boring like the Islanders are, even though Barry Trotz is a good coach, but you know, he employs a very, very boring system for that team. Um, and, but you know what, it works, but whatever. But, um, yeah, I think, um, 
Uh, it was just a really good game. And the Penguins, of course, we be, um, we'll we talk about this going into the break, but you know they got a couple empty net goals. One of them was a very, very special goal um, indeed um, for this game. So, of course, you know, I think everyone knows what happened with uh, one of the empty net goals to make it 3-1. to one. Evgeny Malkin got his 400th career goal, only the 99th player in NHL history to do that. But you know what? He was somehow left off of the NHL's top 100 list a couple years ago, even though he's the 99th player ever in the league to score 400 goals. So, yeah, the NHL, you got that wrong. I uh, feel shame for that because... Um, He's one of the best players um, of all time. He's one of the best players of this generation. Um, when I think of Yevgeny Malkin, I don't think he's one of the most underrated players in Penguins history or one of the best Penguins players in Penguins history because he's easily on um, top five. But I think he's one of the, I think he's the most underrated Pittsburgh sports athlete, I think, in Pittsburgh sports history. Um, I mean, the way he's just uh, he's had himself, you know, playing under, uh, you know, he's not the face of the franchise like Sidney Crosby is. He doesn't have to face the media as much as Sidney Crosby does. The, the numbers he's put up when Crosby's out, even the numbers he's put up with how Crosby's been in, um, it's nothing short of outstanding. Um, I mean, you know, there's not many players in this league, you know, that, you know, can score 400 goals, three time Stanley Cup champions, won the Conn Smythe, he's won the Hart, he's won the Art Ross. Um, I know he hasn't won the Olympic gold, but, you know, he's won basically everything you can at the NHL level, um, not on the international level, obviously, but, you know, everything almost at the hockey level he's won. Um, he's just, he's been a real treat to watch, and, you know, hopefully, you know, the next milestone for him, he'll be 500 goals. I think um, I think Rob Rossi was talking about in his um, piece, I think he wrote about Evgeny Malkin just a couple weeks ago about as his near as his 400th goal. I think one of his goals going into the season, he's, um, for the rest of his career, he wants one more cup and he does want to get two 500 goals. He said he thought that would be uh, really cool. Obviously, you know, you're not going to catch Alex Ovechkin. Not, basically, no one is at this point considering um, he's the best goal scorer of all time and, you know, he's just one of a kind. But, um, no, I think Malkin, if I had to double check, I think he's um, getting close. Is he top five all time for Russian goals now? Um, I'm going to have to double check that. Um, but I know he's up there. Obviously, he's up there with a lot of Russian records. But, um, you know, like I said, congrats to Evgeny Malkin. Um, just really awesome. And as I'm actually recording this, um, we'll just shift gears. Apparently, Mike Sullivan has confirmed that Justin Schultz will be week-to-week with a lower body injury. That is the third injury this season for Justin Schultz. Um, just, uh, I just, I feel bad for him because... Um, every time it looks like he's starting to make a little bit of headway, he gets hurt. In this game, in the game against the Flames, he went out after I believe the first shift of the game. Um, it looked like it was a knee. It looked like it was a knee injury. Um, it, it, he like kind of collided. Um, the Penguins had to play with five defensemen the whole rest of the game. Yesterday, after the game, he said that he was day to day with a lower body injury. He would have more information. Um, in the coming days, and of course today, now like I said, it has been announced that he week to be with a lower body injury. Um, Rob Rossi, I thought he thinks it might be a knee injury. Apparently, he was grimacing with his knee, so um, that's not good. Hopefully, it's not too long. But you know, just another injury. That's two of the Penguins' top four defensemen um, that are now hurt for the, the foreseeable future. Dumoulin, obviously, of course, is out eight weeks with an ankle injury. Now, Justin Schultz is week to week, so. Um, but, you know, that's why you have Chris Letang. He's hopefully going to stay healthy. And, and, you know, the emergence of John Marino should be able to help that. And hopefully Marcus Pedersen um, continues his play as well. But I think they're probably going to have to put Jack Johnson on the top four for a little bit, which, you know, is, is not going to be pretty, I don't think. But you know what? I don't really think they have many options. But I, th- I guess at this point, the good part is, folks, is that um, 
They can finally put Yusso Wikala in. I don't know why the Penguins have uh, decided to hide him so much uh, and not play him. Uh, it's I think one of the biggest mysteries to me about Yusso Wikala is just why the Penguins uh, not play him. I mean, maybe it could be that he's bad, but you know what? You never know unless you play him. And um, I really think the Penguins would be wise here. You know, for the foreseeable future with Schultz and Dublin now, see what you have in this kid. I mean, I said it going into the season. You, know, you need to see what you have in this kid. He barely played last season. I know maybe he's nothing more than a number eight, number seven defenseman, number nine defenseman, whatever, whatever. But at least you would know um, if he if he is just that. I mean, just play him. Like, there's You have no other options right now at this point. I'll be curious to see how he goes up against Edmonton and Vancouver. Um, but I'm sure you're just going to get sheltered. Um, bottom pairing minutes. I don't really think he's going to get other, any other um, big minutes. So I just wanted to fill you guys in on that breaking news. Um, all the other empty net goal from the game, Chris Letang, that was gorgeous. Um, I know it was just an empty net goal, but the way he like grabbed that puck, shot it all the way down from behind the net, all the way down to the other side of the net, that was really cool to see. Tang gets the goal, and the Penguins, you know, that's two more points. You know, they're just going to keep banking points. They're 20-10-4. and 10 and four. They're tied for third in the Metropolitan Division. They don't play till tomorrow night where they will host uh, – they will host – they already hosted the Edmonton Oilers. They will play in Edmonton and play Sidney Crosby uh, – play Sidney Crosby. Play Connor McDavid. Man, I, guys, I am so used to saying Sidney Crosby versus Connor McDavid that um, when these games come up that um, I'm just, you know, I'm using my words. You know, I'm a, I'm a writer and I do a podcaster and I, I can't speak the English language. So that was pretty bad. But um, – <laughs> But the Penguins will play in Edmonton and play Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two of the best players in the world. Um, if you guys uh, definitely get started to stay up and watch Connor McDavid, you know, we don't really get a chance to see a lot of McDavid since um, he's out on the West Coast and, um, you know, all their games out there start at 10 o'clock, you know, 10.30, 9.30. But, I mean, it's so great to see watch him play. It's only one of the only times, like I said, that you can see him play. Um, he's he's just awesome to watch. He's going to be the best player in the world very soon, if not already. And it's unfortunate that there will be no Cros- uh, Crosby in this game, but um, McDavid will look to get his second win all time against the Penguins. Uh, his first win against the Penguins came this past year when they beat the, the when they beat the Penguins in overtime, um, two to one. After the Penguins just completely obliterated them during the game, but it was because um, Mike Smith had basically the game of his career which led to um, the Oilers winning the game, so the Penguins try to get them back. Um, like I said, for the goalie rotation, I would expect Jari to go in this game. I think you could go to Murray, but I think they could be a little dangerous, um, you know, especially ha- having him go out against um, McDavid and Dreisaitl, though Dreisaitl has struggled a little bit lately. He's not producing as much at 5v5, but power play, he's been really good, but still, um, he's one of the league leading points leaders. He's very dangerous. He can get you at any time. So um, that'll be a good game to watch. And then, of course, on Friday night, just to wrap up this road trip, they will be in Vancouver. Um, I've always said about this uh, Western Canada road trip, I think it's my, I think it's my personal favorite. Um, that's, this is definitely, I think, of like actual road trips. I think this would be the one that I really, really, really want to go to first because um, just seeing how gorgeous Calgary is during the winter, um, the snows right by the mountains. I know it's cold, but you know what? Who gives a shit? Uh, I don't really care. Um, it's already cold here in Virginia, though. I know it's a lot colder up there in uh, Calgary. Um, Vancouver, I've heard just so many good things about it. I had a couple. I had a friend, Josh, who moved from Vancouver to Toronto just recently. He said Vancouver is one of the most gorgeous cities he's ever lived in. I've seen pictures of it; it's beautiful. And then Edmonton, you know, just to see, um, um, just to see McDavid on, on on ice would just be awesome. But um, that'd be a great road trip. I, I always love watching this road trip. And then the Penguins will return home for the holiday break, and then they'll get ready to play 
a home-and-home with the Nashville Predators. So that's a look ahead for the Penguins. Um, you know, if they win, you know, if they split one of these two games and get back to um, Pittsburgh taking uh, like four, maybe five out of six points, I think that'd be really good. You know, every I mean, I know every point matters, but you know, the way they're playing right now, they've won six out of seven. You really can't ask for much more with their play, especially with all the injuries. But um, no, they're going to try to go in and win every game. So you know, it's been great stuff for um, Penguins, and you know, they'll just have to keep it up. So this last segment, um, I don't really know, uh, have too much to talk about, but there were a couple things yesterday. Uh, the Penguins guys released their annual holiday video. Um, if you guys have not checked it out, please go to their Twitter and do so. Um, the Penguins holiday video is something I look forward to every year. They basically, for those who like have not watched it before, not on Twitter, or social media, Facebook, um, you know, they just they do their holiday video after a famous Christmas movie. They've done one after Home Alone. They've done one after a Christmas Story. They've done one after Elf. Um, a few more, and it's really to see how funny to see how the um, Penguins players just you know they act for like the, some of the first times. Uh, it's really good. They give them lines, and uh, Josh Getzoff, who calls the um, Penguins games on the radio because Mike Lane doesn't really do the away games anymore because he's you know, he's getting a little older. You know he's cutting back on his schedule a little bit, and sometimes some home games if um Mike can um, not make it, but um he, he he narrates it a little bit. It's really it's just a really really fun listen. Um, it's a really funny thing to watch. Uh, Chris Letang was um, one of the stars in the uh, in the thing yesterday, and it was just really, really funny. But um, you know, Crosby. I, I thought one of my favorite things from the uh, holiday video was uh, Jake Gensel referring to Sidney Crosby as his dad. Um, it looks like the Penguin social media, you know, definitely lit, uh, sees what um, people are on Penn Twitter are saying because a lot of people have called, you know, said uh, um, Gensel's uh, dad. So you know, I thought I thought that was a little funny, but you know, just a great video to watch. Um, also yesterday, um, there was some talk, you know, about maybe bringing Ilya Kovalchuk to Pittsburgh, you know, maybe to work on the power play. And, you know, I, I was I was like, okay, you know, maybe. But, I mean, uh, but at, after um, Greg Wazinski talked about it at ESPN, um, um, Rob McKenzie said the Penguins do not have interest, any interest in it. I mean, and can, the, the Penguins do not have any interest in him. And, you know, can you really blame them? I mean, would he even really be their 12, one of their 12 best boards right now? A little skeptical about that. I mean, you're not going to just use him on the top power play and basically be like, nope, you're benched the rest of the game. I mean, I know he hasn't been good at even strength this year, but also I don't really think anyone on the Los Angeles Kings has been any good um, on even strength this year. The, the Kings are just so barren at um, scoring and all that. But I'll talk about that. And then, of course, Greg Wojcinski also wrote a, a VSPN. Shout out to him. Wrote a really good piece on the NHL's all-decade team um, for those who did not know? Sidney Crosby, of course, was number one. Chris Letang was at 23. Ha ha, take that, Penguins Chronicles, you stupid account. And then Evgeny Malkin was at number six. Phil Kessel, I think, was down in uh, in the 30s. Um, but still, you know, Sydney, uh, that's exactly where I figured they would be. Um, Chris Letang has always been underrated by so many people. But, you know, it's good that he gets the national media recognition that he deserves. Um, he gets a lot more national media recognition than he does with the Penguins fan base, folks. Yeah, that just... Goes that show that tells me a lot <laughs> about the Penguins fan base and a lot of people that just um, have not watched enough hockey, I think, to truly realize just how good this player is and how good he's been for a long time. And that health is the main reason why he has not been a Norris finalist because if he stayed healthy for most of his career, he would have many Nor- Norris um, finalists on his resume, potentially even a Norris trophy um, on his resume. He's that he's that good. But, um, yeah, I thought I would just end the podcast with that. Uh, 
not too many too much. Uh, oh, also, Penguins had a really, really cool practice yesterday. Um, it was right, right out. It was outdoors. Right, the mountains were in the background. Penguins had this gorgeous shot of like, of like th- from like uh, up top, um, just looking down on the ice, and it was just beautiful. Um, the sun's out. Basketball hoop there. Chris Tang was shooting a couple pucks into the net, trolling Jake Ensel on Twitter. Thought that was fun, but it was just gorgeous to see them all having fun out there and just look like gorgeous hockey outside weather. You know, that's so much fun to play. When it's just frozen outside, you know, it just you know brings me back to my days as kind of a little kid. I played a little pond hockey and just you know just playing outside in the cold because you know that's just it's so much fun to do that. But um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Penguins. We'll have another episode coming tomorrow, um, probably before the game. I think after the game would be a little too hard. We'll have one coming tomorrow. So um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you all soon.